In today's show, we discuss classroom cameras in and homework out. Do you agree or disagree? And now, the TNT Talk Show, daring to go where other podcasts fear to Hello, I'm Tony Fasula, and I share the stage with my esteemed friend and colleague, Tayo Boya. Tayo, hello, my friend, once again. I hope you're keeping safe and well. Uh, what the hell, Tony? <laughs> what you going to do, eh? <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on. Be upbeat. <laughs> you can't always be droll and down. And Come on, I'm going to ask you now. Say nicely hi to our audience. Come on. Hello, audience. Okay, hello, audience. All right. Yeah. Okay, listen, I've got, I've got something for the audience, actually. Oh, no. <laughs> Please not let it I was, be a joke. I was, thinking, I was thinking to myself, I was asking myself the other day, look, I think you might agree with this. You've heard this, that we're here to help others, yes? <laughs> yeah. Now, what are the others here for? <laughs> um. I mean, someone's been had there, pal. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> right, let's move on with the topic of the show <laughs> after that painful <laughs> attempt at humour once again. Right, this this two main topics, basically, is um, classroom cameras in, because there's a, a bit of a hoo-ha at the minute about whether they should be allowed in. You came up with these topics but hmm. I'll, I'll hand over to you first what's your view first off so my view is that there are some truly horrific things being taught to children under the radar this is in america as usual i do have to caveat put in the caveat and say look most of my information comes from interacting with people who live in america even though i don't live in america myself mm-hmm. and it this question popped into my mind because on social media, there's this thing called CRT, Charlie Romeo Tango, CRT, which mm-hmm. is critical race theory. And right. it, it seems to be some kind of, of theory which suggests that people with power are ab initio from the beginning. They, they are wicked and evil. Well, wicked and evil is the same thing, isn't it? It's, it's they are wicked and they are they are oppressors. And they are wicked and oppressive simply because of the group to which they belong, not because of what they do. So you, Tony, are wicked and oppressive because you are white. I am a victim because I am black. Now, whether I feel like a victim or not, doesn't matter. I am actually being victimized by the oppressive system. And whether or not you are an actual oppressor, and I think I know you well enough to say, I don't think you you are that kind of a type of individual. Mm-hmm. You are nevertheless an oppressor. Just by virtue of my fitting in this group. Correct. And I think if anyone who really thinks about it would, would recognize it as being a, quite a foolish proposition, but they're teaching it to children. And when I say children, I mean really, really young children. I'm talking about like maybe kindergarten from there. And they teach you a little boy, you're, you're a little boy, little girl, you're, you're bad because you're white. What? Yeah, well, yes. 
and and then and then the child goes home and says, "We're all bad." You know, why are we bad? Well, we're white. We're bad because we're black and we, you know, we're white. Sorry, and we've done all these things. And and like the parents are like, "What?" what? Hmm. And okay, you're saying they're teaching this in classrooms. Is this saying that, that's oh. and then LGBTQ issues? Huh. You know, this this particular woman who's lost a job now in the last week, I think, in this last week, okay. she lost a job. She was teaching them about um, that she liked, you know, men and women. And um, again, kindergarten, we're talking, you know, we're talking about really small children here. We're not, you know, we're not talking about sixth form where you can start debating things like this. Yeah. And and they're like, first of all, where did that, where's that even in the curriculum? Well, why are you discussing sexuality with four-year-olds and five-year-olds. Yeah, that should not be allowed. And the thing well, is, you, though, mm-hmm. the curriculum is, unless the curriculum has been changed, because obviously that's driven from higher up, is this just a rogue teacher wanting to partake and express her, I'm assuming it's a she, mm-hmm. express her own opinions of the subject, or is this something that's coming higher and there's evidence of other teachers also talking on this subject? There's, it's, it's came, it comes from higher, it comes from the school, what in America they call the school boards. The school boards, and, like, and almost like the book, it's like each school's got a governance board, yeah. right? But above that, they've, they've got at the, I believe it's like the county level or something, State level, no, the, the below state. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's another level again, and then the state level. So you've got three levels. You know, you've got the school, the districts. Okay, that's the word. You've got the district, right? And then you've got the states, right? So okay. some of these things are coming from the, some certain districts, and some of it is, is is directly from the state level. I think Chicago is one one state, um, such state, Chicago, Idaho, where. The, the Department of Education is, is very gung-ho in this direction. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's the people have been given a cover to do this. The teachers have been given a cover and, and some kind of encouragement. Now, you don't have to do it. Right. But basically, if you are doing it, you've, you, you've got cover from the authorities. Well, yeah. until, until parents started, started finding out, because don't forget, this was been done under, you know, it has been done on the QT, on the quiet. Nobody knew that this stuff was happening. Right. See, and that that's seems... why they started talking about, you know what? We can't trust you people. We need to put cameras in the classrooms because we need to we need to find out what are you people teaching? Hmm. I mean, oh, yeah. let, let, let's be honest, right? Let's be honest. I mean, this should be governance and done from above. So, so it can be greed and thrashed out what can and can't be taught in the classroom and it should then filter down now if if the filtering is too loose then people will put their own agenda on what's being given down so for instance if it's the the policy that's set high up is quite loose in terms of flexibility then yeah the 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 lower down the chain it goes until it gets to the classroom there's not permission, but there's flexibility from the various individuals to put their own steer, their own, what's the word I'm putting, their own belief system, whatever it may be, to then influence the lower level. And that's what you've got. You've got to then either firm up what can and can't be taught and tighten 
the policy of what is permissible and what isn't. And clearly, if this is being taught critical race theory, amongst other things, when it shouldn't be, then they do need to close that down or, or, or tighten it and say, look, of course you can discuss it but you, as, as, a, as an educational piece, but not steer it to say you are failure or you are wrong or you are, you know, somehow should be shamed of your skin colour. That's wrong. But you can obviously discuss it. But again, the debate should be, should it be discussed at such a young age? I'm not so sure. Yeah. So one of the things you're talking about is governance. But the people running America right now <laughs> are, are the cause of the problem. They are the source of the infection. They are patient zero. And mm. if you cast your mind back, or maybe you never knew about it, but surely you shouldn't have heard that the Department of Homeland Security uh, are actually authorized to spy on parents who were taken on these districts, school district councils I was talking about, because they were treating them as the problem. They were treating the parents as a problem, not the school districts. And this was to do, the, the genesis of this wasn't CRT, it wasn't critical race theory. The genesis of this was the, the trans argument, the, the, the trans thing, because how, how early do you want to identify someone as being bodily dys, dysmorphic? Mm. And they're going around saying that, asking this four or five-year-olds, do you think you're a little boy or a little girl? Oh. And they were keeping that away from the parents. No, and the parents right. were finding out and parents were reacting. And, and then it ended up with, guess who? The Department of Homeland Security. How is that a security issue? And yeah. they got involved in it and started spying on the parents. And this is when the whole thing blew up. And it's like, this is when this governor in Florida, DeSantis, I think his name is. Mm -hmm. This is how he started getting involved in this. Like, hold on a second. This is an assault on our democracy here. Mm. You, you, you know, you were set up to, to, to combat terrorists. So either you think parents are terrorists because they say, what are you, what, because they ask the question, what the heck are you teaching my kids? Yeah. Or, well, what is the alternative? Yeah. No, I mean, okay. Let, let's, let's, let's get this into context as well. Now, this, I, I do remember some argument about this, mm. but it hasn't now become a piece that's ongoing, that's running. So in other words, it could be either poor reporting or somebody trying to make a story bigger than it was. Maybe there was isolated problems that the Department of Homeland Security had to investigate because it was something else. But a reporter or something has mixed the two together and somehow said, oh, our parents have been spied upon because of the issues that they've raised regarding the classrooms, when in reality, the Department of Health, of, um, I can't even say now, Department of Homeland Security are actually looking into something else because they're not going to say why they're investigating somebody. That's the security. They wouldn't release that as information. So those people reporting on it who've discovered that maybe the DHS are 
checking up on parents. It's not because of that reason. It could be something else. But they've put two and two together and made five. And that's how the stories run. Because let's be honest, the DHS would not advertise why they would be investigating parents. They just wouldn't. It's it's security. <laughs> they don't tell anyone why they're doing it. So for the report to be made that it's based on the fact that they were arguing on what was being taught in classrooms, I don't believe that could be the facts. I'm sorry. It, it's it's something else because if had it been true, then we would be hearing about it now. It would be a continuing story, but it, it was only for a week or two max, and then it died down. So once the once the dust settled, people have looked at it and thought, well, actually, no, it's nothing to do with that. It was something entirely different. But whoever reported on it, unfortunately, reported it incorrectly. That's okay. my opinion. So looking online, um, I'm trying to find the where I saw this. It's coming up with everything but what I want. Now, to address your issues, it would have to be, okay, I think I know how to do it. It'd have to be someone like Fox. Not forget that many of these mass media outlets in America are quite left-leaning. And sorry to say, I think they're basically in support of the government's position on this. It's the right-leaning press. What is the government position? This is what we don't know. The government position is pro-CRT and pro-trans. Really? Well, yes. Are we totally 100% sure of that? Are we making an assumption here? As no, well? we're not making an assumption. This is from the White House down. So they, so the White House down, who set the policies, are saying categorically they're pro, they're pro, they're pro CRT and they're pro trans. So they're happy for kindergarten teachers. Remember, it's got to go all the way down. They're happy for kindergarten teachers to teach critical race theory and transgender issues to kindergarten kids are we saying that definitely that's in the policy yes i'm definitely saying that i'm trying to back it up though with um Mm. that's where i don't necessarily believe it purely because i think it's misinterpretation i think it's chinese whispers effectively when the policy has been set at high on level the interpretation Uh of it is mis misrepresented it's been explained incorrectly. I cannot somehow believe that someone who in government that sets the policies would be this black and white on explicitly saying, yes, critical race theory, transgender teaching should be explicitly taught to kindergarten kids. I do not personally believe that unless i've seen that government policy myself i think it's an interpretation issue i think it's further down the chain where people have taken what the guidance is and put their own steer on it and that's how we've got to the point we've got now granted you can't then remove the the top level governance responsibility because they set it they've not been clear enough and that's where it should come from because they are elected individuals they should be representing the whole community so if they've set the policy incorrectly and it's too vague and too loose and open for interpretation then they're at fault clearly but then you've also got to look down the tree and say well who has misinterpreted what's been said 
and added their own steer, their own interpretation to it and influence, because obviously there's people influencing these all the way down the chain for their own particular gains, I suppose. And we have to be careful of that and see where it's come in and whose interpretation it is. Because this Chinese whispers happens a lot through all walks of life when you're trying to get things down there. But I need to go back to you in terms of the camera. I mean, let's go back to the topic of what it is. Should classroom cameras be in to address this? I want your view. Do you think yes, this would actually um, fix it? Um, actually, um, as you were speaking there, I was actually trying to track this thing, this thing down. Unfortunately, <laughs> because the world, the world is 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 chaotic and 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 is in mass psychosis right now. It seems when you type in, what what did I type in? I got a very unexpected result. Uh, at, uh, <laughs> spine on uh, spine on parents DHS which is Department of Homeland Security, spying on parents. Uh, I didn't get what I expected to get. What I got was a whole bunch of offers to watch porn that people <laughs> spying spy on their parents. And I think, what is the matter with the world today? It's because, unfortunately, the Seriously, porn you industry want to, You want is... to spy on your parents? Are you absolutely bonkers? What the hell is the matter with, with people? It's, it's, it's just the... The way of the world, unfortunately, I don't think that's a, re a thing that's searched on particularly. It's yeah, because well, a whole bunch of yeah, but that's out. because the porn industry—that's a separate topic. They're very clever with their search engine optimization. You type any sort of vague word in, they're at the top of the tree. So yeah, goodness it, gracious me! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love them, but I was just like. <laughs> Make sure you don't click. That's the no, point. Obviously no. not. Anyway, well, let me, I mean, let's get back to the question, though. Do you yeah, think I was looking for this, classroom this, cameras will work? It's very interesting to know because it's the the ground zero for this argument is South is, is Florida. This is where it's all happening. Okay. And because that's where the fight back is, where people are like, no, absolutely not. Don't forget, Florida is what they call a red state. Do you know about the red and the blue states? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, maybe you want me to explain to our audience? No, well, yeah, let's explain usually, to the benefit. You usually of... explain things better than me, so go ahead. Well, the red states are that they're Republican uh, run, so they got the Republican majority, so they're red. And the blue states are Democratic states that you've got a governor who's democratic for instance and florida is a red state so the republican governor of florida mm -hmm. is 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 republican <laughs> you know it's a red state so they're going to be more right leaning in terms of their views and what they pass down to their individual schools yes right yes so uh, you did say that the blue states are democratic I did, uh, no, I did. The, no the blue states are democrat because all either. states are democratic. Oh, I see. Yes, <laughs> they all believe in democracy. Yes, the, yes, the blue states are democrat, and the bright red states. So right and left, blue it means mm. left, and right, uh, Republicans the right being red, being right wing. So the ground zero is this: is this because because California is is also ground zero in the sense that they are the biggest proponents of CRT and, and trans and LGBTQ and all that in the classroom. And so they're polar opposites. because They're polar they're opposites. Democrats in, in California. And, Huge ones, the biggest yeah. on the, you yeah, know, yeah. In, in the most fervent in, in America. 
Um, and, and here is what is sort of the kind of argument in a nexus in Florida, which is that teachers are against bringing cameras into the classroom. And there's a woman called Sandra West, who is the parent teacher's, I don't know what S stands for, PTSA. Oh, Students Associate, Parent Teacher Students Association. Okay. Uh, she's a teacher, she's a parent and a teacher. And she's saying that from her point of view, it's, a, it's, it's an incredible invasion of children's privacy and teacher's privacy. Now, I, I would start by asking her, what privacy for children? You know, I, I, I don't grant children any privacy because as their parent, as their parent, as their guardian, I want, I want to know what they're doing. And, and I don't recognize that they have a right of privacy. The younger, the less, the less privacy they have. As they grow older and as they reach puberty and things, yes, I accept that then, you know, children have start gaining rights to privacy. But if a child is, is doing something and there's a slight chance that it, it could be dangerous, injurious to them and to, or to others, it's best if we knew about it straight off the bat. So, uh, so straight off, straight, straight away, I'm like, nah, there's no right to privacy there. Secondly, you're with my child, and you're claiming you're, that you have some kind of private moments with them. Is that a joke? You don't have any private moment with my child until I know exactly what you do with my child. Thank you very much, because there are all sorts of dodgy people out there, and I definitely need to know why you think you should have a private moment with my child that you don't want me to see. And, I've been, and I'm absolutely saying to you in response to that, which is, I believe, the, the governor's answer, was that no, there is no right to privacy. If, 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 parent, if a parent hears something from a child, because how it's supposed to work is this. It's not in real time. It's not as if you are hooked up to a camera and you can just drop into the classroom anytime you like. That's not what's on, on, on being considered which is what I would prefer, by the way. That, I'd go that far, that camera should be on all the time. If you are a parent, you should be able to just, you know, access your, your, your account in the school, if you like, on the school's website, and go to your child's classroom and, and, and listen in and find out what's happening. Just like making a request to be there on a certain day. I, I think, I, like I said, in the school that I was helping to run in Nigeria, Parents could, could, could do that. The question I want to ask, though, mm. is that the cameras themselves are, most of the time, they don't have proper audio. So you can see what's going on, but the cameras are not good enough to actually hear what's going on. So this would be. This if, would be. You, if you'd have to do it that way, the cameras wouldn't be good enough. You no. have to then include microphones at strategic points within the camera within the classroom sorry to actually pick up the actual audio as well so the question there be could be well do you need cameras anyway why not just have microphones to pick up the sound well that's a good question tony and if you put it that way i think i'd be quite happy with just the sound i don't need to see but i think people say cameras because it's just natural. And it, for instance, until you asked that question, it never crossed my mind. It could be that we just haven't thought about it. 
Yeah. <laughs> enough. Um, yeah, I'm perfectly happy to listen to listen in. I don't need to see. There That's are, fine. There are some advantages that can be had with a camera, in my opinion. Personally, I mean, this is this is a subject that's very similar to one we even discussed not that long ago regarding whether companies should mm. have cameras on their staff, even staff working from home. And you were quite sanguine about it. You thought it mm. was it was fine. So this is the similar thing. And in a way, I think it's more justifiable in a school environment because you <laughs> rightly said that they're, they're minors, absolutely, mm -hmm. than it would be in a work environment. So where I was against you in terms of having cameras on for work people because you've got to trust your employees. In this case, these are minors. They're children. So you, you want to protect them. You want to know what's happening in the classroom. And personally speaking, I think classroom cameras with sound should be something that they should consider everywhere because what you're hiding you're exactly. not hiding anything. All you're doing is teaching. Now, granted, the teachers may think, oh, I'm being checked upon, but you have a responsibility. Teachers out there, you are responsible for teaching the next generation. Mm -hmm. So that's a massive responsibility. And we have cameras in all walks of life at the moment. Mm -hmm. So why should teachers be somehow believing that their privacy is being checked upon. They're exactly. in a work environment. Exactly. So exactly. It, it's it's protection for them because let's, let's, let's bring this to reality. There are instances of slightly older children, mind you, of accused teachers of assault. And the teachers have been investigated for it. Not only that, Tony, not only that. Also, if, if you think about it, if there's a troublemaker in the class, the parents can see that. Yes. Can see and hear that this child is destructive. It's very powerful evidence that something needs to be done. Indeed. It should actually lead to better discipline in school. The better discipline with less disciplinary measures, need, the teachers needing to exercise fewer disciplinary measures because the parents are being on the act. This, this, this girl in the classroom is always chatting and always causing the, the furore and everything. You know, what the heck, man? She needs to be in a special class by herself or something. Uh, what? And, and, you, and that way, I think, there'll be better school discipline. The teachers can't, like, you, like you've said, if, you, if you've got nothing to worry about, why are you worried about the class? What's the problem with having people watch you work, especially as a teacher? Absolutely. I, I agree. I totally agree. Because um, the, the issue here as well is if it's recorded, the, I think the bigger question is, I personally believe there should be cameras as well as audio, but who then can view it? I don't believe it should be. I don't believe it should be anybody that can view it. Clearly, it could be the parents, but I don't think it even should be in real time. I think it should be by request. You've got security people, maybe, that would view it in real time, just ensure that nothing happens. And, and particularly in America, where guns are prevalent, you don't know what could happen. So the security mm -hmm. people have maybe access to the cameras 
in real time should they need it. But I don't believe that should be available to parents. I think it should be on request that they then view the footage later, not yes. in real time, because that way a parent could see a child do something and they'll be straight on. Oh, I've seen them do this. Oh, my God, my child is being poked by the other player. And then it'll be disruptive for the teacher, the class. I don't believe that that is required in real time because you can see that there might be some parents that would be sitting watching their child in real time as opposed to watching TV. Yes, but the reaction, I, I, I disagree with you. It should be in real time. But the reaction doesn't have to be in real time. In other words, if a parent phones up and says, someone's poking my, my, my son or whatever it is, we don't have to react instantly. Do you see what I mean? Or if that's a problem and it turns out that parents will actually march into the school and be disruptive, then you could watch it. You could have like a day's delay or something. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, so that you have to react. You're forced to react after the after the the, the fact. But I, I certainly, you know, my me and openness. Everything is really open. I believe that sunlight is the best disinfectant. Yeah. So if somebody is poking someone, which the teacher has missed, then that's that discipline thing I'm talking about. Mm. The parent phones up. The head teacher comes in and says, "You, you were poking this person." And you've been reported, and it's on camera. Step outside. I'll need to have a word with you. That will just very quickly alter children's behavior. I think, oh, you know, yeah, week absolutely. one, they will be disruptive. But after that, they are aware. Look, mom and dad could be watching me right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be a positive thing. I really do. I, I, I'm not seeing an issue with it. I'm the same. I'm the same. This thing about how teachers feel... You know the privacy. I don't. I'm sorry, that's just creepy. Does actually, it, it doesn't wash. Yeah, to <laughs> me, if they're using that as an argument, I think that's slightly disturbing mm -hmm. because they are in the in this day and age. Literally, I know we're not looking. We're not trying to advocate a 1984 society where everyone's being watched and oh, we're being spied on. You know that sort of attitude. I'm not saying that, but we're already in that situation anyhow. We're being spied on with the little devices we have in our pockets. So we, we're foolhardy if we believe we're not. And the whole world, the Western world and in all the developed world, we all have these phones. And that's spying on us, maybe not visually all the time, but certainly in other means. And anywhere we walk in most industrialized nations, there are cameras everywhere where we're being viewed. So... You know, there's cameras on buses, there's cameras in, in uh, railway stations, there's cameras in airports, there's cameras everywhere. So for teachers to use that as an argument to say, look, I don't want a camera in my classroom, I think, I'm sorry, they're on thin ground, in my opinion, because we it's part of society now. We have to get used to it, that cameras are there to check up for health and safety, also for security purposes, and to ensure that guidance, teaching, everything is followed properly. That's my yes, opinion anyway. Absolutely, absolutely. I agree with you totally. Okay, we've covered this one. So uh, we're actually in agreement. Cameras in the classroom, I think they should be in. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty disturbing when we're in agreement, but there we are. Sometimes <laughs> it happens. <laughs> but the governance around who should view it, that's something that could be I dealt with after. 
I yeah, think yeah. We, dis- we you and I disagree on that. In that thing, I think it could be disrupted. But what could happen, actually, just very quickly before we move on to the next subject, is that they would need a lot more people to deal with parents if parents want to raise an issue. Do you see what I mean? You're going to encourage more parents say, oh, this happened in the classroom or this happened in the classroom. So that takes time to A, look at the footage and then B, to review that footage to see whether indeed it was something that then needs to be investigated further. So by introducing this, the workload of the schools will go up. So you're going to have to employ people. I don't know if it's good for the economy or more expensive for the economy, but that will be required in order to deal with this extra workload that will unfortunately happen because of the introduction. I think you could deal with that by relegating all problems apart from true emergencies to relegating that to something that happens during parents-teachers association meetings. If you've got a problem, bring it in with you. Bring in the clip. Just that simple. So the parents would have to bring in the clip. Yes. Wouldn't bring it in, make sense it. to do it sooner than that? Because if these no, things are that's the whole point. You just bring it. Uh, just bring it to the PT. Uh, what's called a PTSA uh, meeting, which is when you know, as when I was in school in, in Nigeria, that's when a lot of parents raise the issues. Anyway, they'd come around and they say, "Blah blah blah," this and that, and, and it's like we didn't even have the evidence, which would have been nice to have seen. Yeah. And then people talk about it, and some parents are like, "Yeah, it's okay. Your kid's a hooligan. He got beaten. You know, that's life." Other parents would be like, yeah, no, we shouldn't. And then we, we reach an agreement, uh, you know, as a body, and we publish the agreement after, as, as in the minutes of the meeting, which we sent to all the parents. Yeah, but that then this would absolutely show that there'd be extra work. You'd have to then. No, so we do that already. Okay. You know, so that's already what what schools do, but you're 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 setting aside a certain time for it. I, I, as a teacher, I dreaded these blooming meetings by because they dragged on forever, mm. but. But at least it's just like twice a price. It's before midterm and after midterm. Uh, and some schools just did it once a term, which is, you know, ridiculous. But there we are. Okay. All right. So consensus basically is, yes, classroom cameras in. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Right. Our next discussion point, again, around schools is the homework element. Should homework be removed entirely? So what's your thoughts on this one? I, as a child, hated homework. (laughs) Indeed. And as a teacher, (laughs) I hated marking homework. (laughs) So from a very selfish point of view, I would say no to homework. However, as a responsible teacher, I know that I can't teach everything in the classroom because I don't know if you know or agree with this, there's an idea that teachers are there, teachers exist to guide students in the students teaching themselves. Because it's really difficult to teach anybody anything. What, what you do is you make materials available for the student to go through and then reach realizations on their own. Yes. Uh, so you see, from that point of view, it's not the classroom contact that's important. It's the contact with the materials that is important. And there is, there, there is so much material out there 
that it can't be covered during the classroom period. And therefore, there needs to be extra work given so that children go through, not just children, students, whatever, they go through this mountain of information they need to process in the amount of time that they have. But isn't, isn't the teacher valuable because right. they disseminate the complexity of this information and make it in and present it in a form that makes it easier for the student to grasp and understand so that's the skill of the teacher absolutely i'm not trying to i'm not suggesting for a second that we don't need teachers no i'm saying in fact the better the guide the, the better the, you know the better the guide the better for the for the students because some guides are better than others Indeed. pointing out the the, the, the pratfalls pointing out, you know, the, the vistas, the high points, the low points, the, the subtleties, and, and, and making it easier for the, te- for the students to teach themselves. But essentially, if you don't realize that you're teaching the person to teach themselves, then you've gotten hold of the wrong end of the stick, in my opinion. You don't really know what you're doing as a teacher. What about, what about this, this argument about homework where the children have already done a six, six to seven hour, well, maybe not, maybe as long as that, but six hour day at school, mm. you're then adding to that in the evening. Mm. Are they already tired? They're already mentally tired because children, their brains actually operate far faster than an adult brain. The brain slows down. That's Tell why. Me about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As we get older, the brain actually slows down because to keep up that speed, the reason it's like very young children, you know, they're bundles of energy. Mm. Um, and partly it's all that yet energy is used to for the brain. The brain operates of a child up to the age of seven, I think, up to 400 percent faster than an adult brain. And that's why they get wiped out. So the bundle of energy, energy, because they have to take everything in. It's a learning. So the brain has to write all this stuff the first time they see it because it's a learning experience. So it has to operate at a faster pace. But unfortunately, that uses more energy and then they get whacked out and they need more sleep. And as you get older, the brain works out. Oh, I've seen that before. I don't need to use as much energy for that. And it, it sees patterns already. And those patterns then because it's already seen that it doesn't have to re-see it so to speak and so the brain can slow down and consume less energy and so we can last longer as adults because our brains don't function anywhere near as fast so they use less energy but anyway that's the argument being that children already are in school six or seven hours in their working day they then have more to process in the evening. So that could be an undue factor. And also they then are missing out with parent time because obviously they're going to have to do extra work. They're not seeing their family. So this is one of the arguments that's said about not giving children homework so they can spend their evenings with their families. What do you, what do you say to that? Yeah, I think there are two things there that you touched on. And one is the age at which we're discussing homework. For kindergartners, 
I don't think anybody is seriously saying that we should give them homework. <laughs> Be the poor little bears, you know. They just they come in and they clap their hands and they sing and they, you know, run around in circles and things get ragged. I mean, and you're actively trying to tie them up on behalf of the parents. So that when the parents come for them, the little so and so's are so tired that they'll go to bed quietly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good kindergarten. That's, that, that's you know, I mean, they've had fun in school. Yeah. They've learned by osmosis. They don't even realize they're learning anything. And there's uh, no need for homework, I think, in those circumstances. Then they get a little bit older. And then, you know, it starts getting a little bit more serious. Starting to talk about tests now and end of term tests and things like that and trying to sort out, you know, the wheat from the chaff and all that sort of thing. And it begins to matter how much the individual child applies himself or herself to their schoolwork. So we start introducing this idea of homework because, as I said, we don't have enough time during the school day. I mean, it's just literally not enough. There's every generation, we've got more to learn than we did before yeah. because, we've, because the human race has learned more. So yeah. we simply can't depend upon school hours to just arm this child with everything this child needs to know to function well in our society. Now, the other so age it matters. The other thing that matters is how much homework. See, yeah. when I was at, when I was at school, I was really offended because <clears throat> I get homework from my geography teacher, homework from a biology teacher, and I'm like, hey, look, I've already got a lot of homework, man. Mm. And and that's why I was offended. It's like you're not taking the fact that I've got other subjects and I'm getting homework. You guys should get you know should sit down together and work out. Who gets what hours of homework that I have? Yeah. And and that's where I think we were kind of failing. And it's like everybody just gives their own homework and they don't really care about anybody else. But then what do you expect? How do you expect the children to cope? So yes. too much homework is now the issue. So there's first of all, how, how old is the is the students? Secondly, how much homework are you actually assigning? So you're saying that needs to be more of a coordinated approach by the teachers so they know who's giving what at what times? Well, I tried to introduce that and it didn't work because I was the head of the department, by the way. So I did, I did try to introduce it in the school, but the tradition of just giving the kind of homework that you want to give. Because hmm. how do you know what some... you get done in the lesson? You see, you could be, because some children by by learning and you want to encourage it but somehow they take the direction of the lesson in a slightly different way yes and that mm -hmm. means what you wanted to cover wasn't mm -hmm. covered so then you then have to give the child or the children That's that right. extra so that that can happen can't it well yes but i ran a regime where we had free periods a day and people could actually request for the free period to cover stuff that they missed oh okay and that was one thing I introduced. Uh, secondly, a lot of teachers use homework as a crutch, which I think is wrong. In what do you that, mean? Well, they they use it to offload the teaching process onto the children. I'm said I'm saying that yes, children teach themselves, but you're the guide. But what some teachers do is instead of let's let's take geography. I'm just out of the top of my head. Look, you need to learn about. I don't know, Mount Kilimanjaro, okay? Yeah. Well, there are certain facts and things that I suppose as a teacher of geography, I really want you to understand, you know, the effects of wind and rain on and, and what the mountain does with the, to affect the climate. Because it's not, a mountain is, is there, but just because it's there, things are actually happening. 
Yeah. And you might not understand that unless somebody who's studied it tells you. Yeah. And that's the job of the teacher. Say, have you thought about what the mountain does You know, when wind comes along? Is it the same as when there's no mountain? I mean, you know, so you point out, you know, the signposts. Yeah. That's a teacher. But other teachers would go, I really should teach them about Kilimanjaro, but, you know, not, not my thing, really. Okay, look, guys, homework. Go and learn everything about Kilimanjaro. Oh, I see. Yeah, <laughs> Go yeah, and learn yeah. everything about Kilimanjaro. Okay, we've done Kilimanjaro. No, you haven't. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a test on it. Well, that's not really how it works. Hmm. Okay. Uh, you can't even guarantee that you don't even do the homework. You know, your test will come back and this child failed. He failed because he didn't do the test. And and now what are you going to do about it? Nothing. That's it. It's gone. You're moved on. That's yeah, not yeah. teaching. That's not so, teaching. So if the homework is given, it should be followed up in terms of, well, has that been done properly? Did you understand mm -hmm. the assignment? It does give, I mean, an advantage of giving homework, I suppose, is that if you've talked about the subject in the classroom and the homework is just in addition to what was discussed so it's further study of the topic not like you've just pointed out where some teachers use it as okay we haven't covered that here so cover it at home see that that doesn't make sense to me it would make more sense to cover the subject at least broadly in the classroom and then the homework would be a bolt-on of that subject so that way you can the teacher can assess individually whether the kids have learned what they were told mm -hmm. and did that extra and and it, it, it for me it could even be a positive because i know there was one argument saying that if you give kids homework they spend less time with a family but in reality it could be the other way around where parents are actively involved with the homework with the student so they're helping the student so they're actually having more time with their with their kids whilst going through the homework as opposed to less time because they're looking at the homework together. Now, that's forward thinking parents and should be encouraged where there's some examples of that not happening, where the parents just don't want to have anything to do with the homework whatsoever. And so they leave it entirely up to the students. But at a younger age certainly the parents should be involved and spending quality time with the kids so that that extra homework that's been given is linked to what was covered in the classroom so that the kids get a stronger understanding of the subject that was discussed. Now, the problem there is, as I was teaching in Nigeria, that some parents are actually illiterate themselves and unschooled. So you can't depend on every child having that assistance in, in uh, you know, at home. Some of these children were the first to go to school in their families. So and, just, and just you, to, uh -huh. sorry to jump in, but so does that mean, wouldn't that encourage the kids to help the parents? Because the parents would be fascinated, surely. No, the parents would see it as the child's opportunity for the child to show this. And the, the, they, their job, as they see it, is to pay the school fees. And it's the, child, it's the school's responsibility to educate their children. That's that's what they're paying for. And, you know, they're not going to, don't forget, it's a patriarchal, hierarchical society. And being taught by your child is, is, not, is not going to fit in with his psychology. Oh, I see. 
because you know you are white. You might not have gone to school, but that doesn't mean that you're an idiot. You know, you're still the father, you're still the mother, and mm-hmm. still demand respect, and you'll get respect. So no, that's not going to happen. And it's for and it's it's the joy of such parents to say, well, show it to my son. He will he will read it and tell me what you know. He will tell me what's in it, and I'll make a decision. That sort of thing. But not teaching. No, not in that sense at all. Okay. So that's the that's the one thing the second thing i i my project in my first grad thing thing uh, degree was on using tests to help students learn as compared to not untested children and one of the weird things i i, I did and my experiment the, the experiment that i carried out was this i would issue a test on a brand new topic as the first introduction to the topic. So you assume children don't know anything, the students don't know anything. And you give them this 10 question test. And you say, don't worry about it. If you don't know, just don't answer. Right. And obviously most of them wouldn't know. And most of them score, you know, two over 10, one over 10, zero over 10. And then you would teach the material, answering most of the questions, all the questions, right? Really. Okay. And then you'd have a little break where you do something funny, but it's still got to do with the, with the with the topic. And you and you get the students to try and challenge each other and things like that. The, the, the pop quiz. And then the last 10 minutes you take the test again. Very good. And then you, this time finding your baseline. Yep. And then this time, what are they getting? They're getting eights and nines and tens. And they all leave the classroom feeling great, feeling good in themselves. And they remember stuff. Wow. So That's if very you, good. Thank you. If you want to do this in with homework, I think that, that absolutely works. Because even if, remember when I asked you before, what happens if the child doesn't do the homework? Yeah. Even if they haven't done the homework, it's still the sort of baseline. And when you come in, you can take it from, you, you are addressing what they should have started teaching themselves at home just by looking at the questions and because that's what i'd really ask it's just like well just think about it you know i'm not asking you to get it right nobody's asking that because i haven't taught you yet so you've got them out mr boy mr boy hasn't taught you yet yeah okay don't worry about it but go home think about it and some students i had this this girl man i don't know if i should i can give you her first name dolakpo and anybody who went to the school I was teaching at would go, oh, yeah, do like what? She was just off the charts, you know, uh, brain power. She would she'd, she'd read books. I don't know. I mean, we didn't have the internet back in those days. Mm. And she'd come back and she'd know this blooming stuff. It was a wonder to behold. But not everybody is, is, is like, like that. But wow. there are striations, you know, the grades in the class. And from that sort of star, outstanding star, who'd come back, you know, knowing the stuff to the ones who didn't even open the book, they they'd all be able to take part more uh, interactive it's more interactive um experience in the classroom in learning themselves yeah yeah and i think i think i mean that's that's what i think that homework can be applied properly in a way that helps students but you realize that as with life it's the mediocre who there are more mediocre people than there are special uh, what's the opposite of mediocre <laughs> special people, special yeah, kids. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't. Like no, I'm not talking about the kids. I'm talking about the teachers. Oh, you know, right. it is. It is easier to be mediocre and give mediocre homework assignments than it is to be clever and to give clever assignments. Yeah, 
and that's, that's in all forms of life. It's not just yeah. It's, a, it's all forms of life, and it's the me. And I suppose when you when you you're thinking about crafting a policy, you really should craft it to take care of, of to because the majority are unfortunately the mediocre. Yeah, I mean, if everybody was exceptional, how would we know? Well, we wouldn't know. We, we, we <laughs> that's we the wouldn't. problem, wouldn't it? But then wouldn't you'd have to lower the start the bar of exceptional, wouldn't you? It'd be. You'd have, or raise the bar. Raise the bar, yes. Mediocre would actually be an exceptional level, and people beyond that, if there were any, would be, you know, godlike. <laughs> but yeah. okay, a, a question regarding the homework itself. I mean, I'm I'm probably like you. I think it it adds structure. Mm-hmm. It gives them. It prepares kids in terms of discipline because eventually, when children they leave the school environment, they want to. They want to get used to working environment and mm. some working environments require extra work. So it gives them that that discipline to work on their own. It gives them the opportunity for deeper learning that they take responsibility because somehow sometimes in a classroom environment, how do you gauge who's actually understood it or not? I mean, you've given a great example where you do this mini test before and after, which is which is assessing the level of knowledge in the classroom at that mm-hmm. point, which is fantastic. But otherwise, how would you do it? Because if you if you don't have time to do that in the classroom itself and you give kids the homework to do, then you could then assess the homework and and see have they grasped what you what you showed them in the classroom. So that's that's the way of assessing the homework rather than doing it in the classroom itself. Mm. But it gives the opportunity of individual to go through the homework and, and assess whether they've grasped it rather than a group environment. Because if you have a group environment, a classroom, you have some kids, I suppose, who are more gregarious, would put their hand up, would shout an answer out or whatever, whereas the other kids mm. may not have grasped it. So by giving them homework, they have that opportunity of, of doing it themselves rather than relying on the more advanced kids, mm-hmm. which which then leads to another argument, I suppose, slightly different to what we're talking about here, is in your experience, because being a teacher, ex-teacher, do you find that if there were gifted kids in the classroom, does that raise the standard so the other kids want to be like them, or does it intimidate the kids who are less able and thinking, well, I'm not as clever as them and I'm not learning as quickly. So what's your what's your experience of do you prefer to have kids of mixed ability in the same classroom or are you in favour of establishing the ability of kids and their learning fairly early doors and then putting them into tiered classrooms where they all have similar learning abilities and they all rise together what's your view uh the latter the tiered, tiered teaching because in a mixed classroom what i've always found is that you're either boring the clever children or you're intimidating the slower kids it's one of the two because either you are stretching the dollar cause of this world uh, okay i'm not going to give the name of the 
yeah. <laughs> of the opposite. Of, uh, yeah, yeah, I, remember, yeah. I remember his name very, very clearly because he gave me he gave me a hell in class, man. But I also felt that he gave me hell in class. He met me many years later, this chap I'm talking about. He met me many years later. I was flying out of Kaduna Airport, which is a town in northern Nigeria, flying to Lagos to the coast. And this man came up to me and he said, yeah, he was so pleased to see me. A man came up to me, hugged me out from, from nowhere, yeah, and had this bright beam on his on his face, and was like, and it was rapping on. I was like, who in the name of sweet Jesus <laughs> are you? Is this? And I couldn't because he knew me so well. I didn't feel I felt a little offended. And I suddenly said something. I said, OMG, it's that little horror. <laughs> That was in school because the last time I'd seen him, he was like 11 years old or something, and I would be in his 20s. And he was in uniform, was a soldier. He went oh, to the wow. army. Yes, you know. And he was like, Yeah, Mr. Boyer, you know, yes, he used to cane me and everything. But <laughs> if it hadn't been for your tough discipline, you know, then I went to the army. Oh, wow. And it turned out that he just didn't, wasn't really sort of gifted in, in uh, yeah, academia. Yeah. But he loved things like woodwork, things that could do yeah, yeah. his hands Physical, on. yeah. Physical things. And I, I, used, I took responsibility for him, pulled him out from a lot of classes when he was being disruptive, which was his way of saying I'm bored. Mm. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, it and, is, and, it is, isn't and it? And walked yeah. him across to other classes where he, he liked it. And he, he shone in those things. Yeah. Uh, and what I'm saying is that in a classroom, you're, you're boring someone. Yes. If they're not at the same kind of level, someone is going to be bored. Now, there are teachers who are clever enough to assign the clever children with extra work during classroom. Yeah. You know, say, okay, you know, the drop this work. By the way, you know what I want you to do? I don't want you to do that because you probably you've got that already. Mm. Do this whilst I talk to the other kids. But yeah. I, I find that really, frankly, sort of patronizing to the other children for a start. Yeah. And I don't know if they're the gifted ones are actually it's just assigning work just to fill up their time. You know, is yeah. that is that really structured? Like is is that you know, with a view to getting them from point A to point B. So we had we had tiered classes. That's what we did. Yeah. And what the students were learning in, in well, we had A, B, and C, and in some places, in some cases, D. So right. what the A class was doing wouldn't be what the D class is doing. The D class would be actually just going down towards the syllabus and they're focused on their final exams. When I say final, I mean school leaving exams, you know, like yeah. GCSEs or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whatever the syllabus is, that's what they're focused on. The other classes in grades were focused on other, were the syllabus, but extra learning things. So yeah, that, you yeah, know, yeah. and uh, it just worked. And I think that's that's one thing our school was famous for. So, do you uh, do you like the idea of classroom A, B, C, D, or would it be better if the classrooms? I mean, I don't know if that was the literal name. Would it not have been better to call them? different names because straight mm. away amongst peers in the classroom oh i'm in a class oh i'm in d class you know it, it's 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 straight away you're labeling the individual yes. wouldn't it have been better if you called them planets or uh i don't know um it, it's have, it's a bit like harry potter they called the different yes schools a different name as opposed to abcd my my uh co-principal one of the brother principals was was very much along what you're saying. You know, she, she wanted different names 
Which you yeah. don't want, you know, um, A, B, A, B, C. But I am old school. I'm very, very old school. I'm a dinosaur. And I promote this idea of competition. You want to do better. You have to get children to, to want to compete, to understand and to strive. And the fact of the matter is, we could all start a you know, 100 meter race, but I'll never beat Usain Bolt, even though he's long retired. Yeah, yeah. There are facts in life, and this is a fact. And understanding where we are in life and accepting it is the beginning of happiness. And I'm not saying that you know you're happy to be in D class, but you're going to graduate in D class because D class is where you really belong, pal. And what are your options from there? What is what is really the situation? You don't belong to at you know Oceania or or Australasia or something. And who's who's fooling whom? Why? Mm. Let's call a spade a spade. You this D, but this is what we're doing D. And you know what? In D, you're doing quite well. Yeah, okay. But let them understand that. But the well, I don't even think we're hammered it into the kids. I, you know, I, maybe in, as they got older, they, they kind of figure it out. But it's certainly not something that we hammered into the kids. I mean, no one would say this is the idiot class. Uh, you sack such a anybody who said that would be sacked. You're not going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to say that. So you know, if you asked your your friends what you know what did you learn today to be a little bit different from what you're learning. And you just say, oh, okay. You know, kids don't really concentrate on things like that. If if you don't make it into a, a problem, yeah, it the isn't thing, a problem. The thing is, though, it's it's is it not? I mean, we're digressing from the topic, and I'm mindful of the time as well. But yeah, I remember seeing a picture a while ago, which really hit home to me about the the styles of teaching and understanding the students in the room, where the picture depicted a teacher talking to a fish in a bowl, mm. a tortoise, <laughs> a monkey, mm. and an elephant. Mm. And the caption said, right, class, today we're going to learn about how to climb a tree. <laughs> the monkey was happy. Well, yeah. Well, the fish, the tortoise, and the elephant are looking at the teacher going, what? You know, so... It's That's very good, by the way. That's very yeah, good. It's, it's understanding mm -hmm. the strengths of the kids exactly. because a lot of schoolwork is very academic in nature, which is true, which it, you need a base level of, you know, maths, English, if English is the language, you know, the, 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 those sorts of skills. They're fundamentals that you need to grasp at whatever level you are, really. But anything beyond that, the teaching should be tailored to the gifts of the child so that they quickly can be identified of what their strengths are. And then those strengths are worked on to be improved to their, their final level, because mm. there's going to be some kids who aren't going to be gifted in certain elements. It's like we, we do, we do tr uh, at school. I used to know this. You used to be in a classroom and we did maths and you can see the gifted ones and what tend to happen when you then went on the sports field and you did PE, <laughs> yeah. those gifted ones were pretty useless, That's whereas true. the others were strong. So everyone seems to have a gift and their strengths at something. Now, granted, you shouldn't then disregard the weak areas, 
you should try and bring them up as best you can. But they're they're weak and strong for a reason, I suppose. <laughs> you know, people have strengths and weaknesses in all aspects of life. Or interests. Sorry. Yeah, indeed. So it's it's identifying that early and focusing on the strengths, but not neglecting the weaknesses. Bring them up to a reasonable level, but then don't be so focused on them that you think, oh, my God, you're terrible at maths. Well, he's built to be a footballer, you know, mm. and that's his strength. So let's, let's, let's encourage that. So it's identifying that, I suppose. Well, the school system was invented by the British to support the British civil service in the colonies. That's the school system we have today. Oh, wow. That's what it was invented for. So and, do, you, do you think uh, it needs tweaking? The, the hell, it, like major, because I was, look, I hated school. Every subject bored me. The only subjects that didn't bore me were philosophy, mysticism, religion, witchcraft, the occult, things like that. Now, if, we, if, if there had been a subject like that and a profession like that, I'd, I'd be a superstar because it wasn't work for me. It, it just wasn't. Yeah, it was a passion. It was a passion. But maths, physics, chemistry, I mean, physics a bit, you know, I like some of the aspects. Chemistry I hated. Biology was a bore. And I like to make my laugh, my, my wife laugh. Because every time we talk about, you know, reproduction and things like that, I tell you, look, I didn't know anything. I went to Catholic school. All we dealt with were frogs. Ask me anything you like about frogs. <laughs> well, don't ask me. You know, we were watching a movie and then, it, what was it the other day? She couldn't stop laughing. Um, oh, yes. What was it? Cone. Um, there's a, there was a film. This is really strange from our homework thing. There was, there's a film where the, the female character said, She's bought a menstrual comb. What's a menstrual comb? A cup, menstrual cup. Menstrual cup, that's disgusting. You just, you just squat them. What? <laughs> Bleed into this cup. She was like, are you insane? Who, who, who does that? I said, well, what else? What else could you do with it? So she looked at me and I, and I just said, oh, I remember now. Frogs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you do frogs in school. I said, no. I was, and I was like, I, I really don't understand what you're talking about here. Anyway, she explained it to me. And I thought, oh, that's pretty disgusting and all that. But it, it, the, the thing about it is that, like, I talk about this poor boy. I, I'm not going to mention his name. I refuse. This, this poor chap who wasn't interested. I could, the reason I think I was able to help was because I wasn't interested either. Yeah. I understood. I, yeah. It was something to which I could relate. You think about what we tried. Why don't we spend time trying to find out what kids like? Yes. And then train them in that. Absolutely. With the other things they need to know, because even if you're an artist, you're the best artist in the world. You still want to buy your buy, and sorry, you still want to sell your paintings. You still want to handle your you money. Need the maths and the, the English maths. and all they need the to basics. Talk to people, yeah. you need, you know, you need to communicate. Yes, you know, everybody needs communication. Everybody needs some arithmetic and things like that. But you certainly don't need to know about, I, I don't know, uh, 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 metallurgy. Well, is it? Unless you're a sculpture. Mm. Uh, Scott, uh, watch people. Well, well okay. We, we, I mean, we're digressing. We're slightly. No, no, I mean, yeah, yeah. the school though should give you a broad understanding of life skills and life knowledge. It should be. That's what school does. And as you as you get older, then those subjects are narrowed, and then that's when you should choose. Now, maybe 
I mean, at the uh, at the young age of formative years, the child doesn't know. So you'd have to give them a broad spectrum of education so that they grasp everything, you know, in a basic manner. And then as they get older, then they then you should be able to see the interests of the child and then they can narrow their choices. So I think that's that's already in place, is it not? And no. You no, don't not think to the so. degree. No, not to the degree I'm talking about. I had to do literature. I, could, I was only allowed to drop it in my fourth form. I had to do literature. No, I like reading. I used to like reading. I can't be bothered now. But I used to like reading. But why do you have to choose books that are absolutely boring? I mean, Shakespeare, for goodness sake. <laughs> I mean, seriously, people who love Shakespeare, I think they're putting it on, man. I mean, I this guy <laughs> uses 500 words to say things that we could do in like 10 words. He's got to go this flowery route. And by the time he's finished, you're thinking, sorry, I've forgotten already what he was saying when he started. You know? And then Thomas Hardy. I think everybody in West Africa had to study this blooming Thomas Hardy. Um, far from the madding crowd. A more boring book. Do you know, when you, when you pick up a book and by page five, you're putting it down because you can't be bothered, because you've lost interest. And they're telling you, this is literature. Why is this literature? You know, what, what, what happened to Jason Bourne and things like that? He, why, I used to ask this in class. Why can't you give me something that I want to read? Mm. Uh, why, is, why is Jason Bourne bad and Thomas Hardy good? And so, well, that's why you're studying, Tyre, so that you'll understand the difference. Yeah, I can relate to that. Because the book we had to do was The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I'm not I think joking. I'd have liked that. No, I, no, no. I think I'd have loved that. Who no. was that, by the way? Who was the author? The was that, author? Was it James uh, Thurber? Who was that? It was James Thurber. Yeah, it was. I, I love just, James Thurber. No, for me, it bored the pants off of me. I remember trying to read that book <laughs> as homework. Oh, you must read these pages and write a synopsis. I'm not joking. I was fighting the first page. <laughs> it was like, this is this is just so boring. I mean, I did try and read it. It just it was one of these books that refused to sink in. And I wow. thought, oh, man. But, hey, we've digressed here. But would you have liked homework in it? Would, would, would I would have liked homework? Would, no, no, sorry. No, let, me, let me withdraw that sentence. Would homework have helped you? If in that could, book? If, 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 if they could have asked you specific questions. Like if you hated that book, and I know you hate the book, I guess as a teacher, what I'd, I'd do is, okay, just tell me what was Walter's second fantasy. Do you see? I look for yeah. things in the book you that you have to... framed it a bit better. Frame it so that you're looking for information in the book and hopefully that way you'll skip past all the stuff you don't like. And because you're looking for something else, maybe you'll slip into it. Do you think homework would have helped you if that had been done? That yes, way? I agree. It would have done. Uh, you are, but then cool. again, if I, now I'm an adult, I'm a bit um, wiser. And this mm. is the thing. And now I love reading. Whereas back then, I was more interested in chasing girls. <laughs> We've changed places, you know. Hang on, hang on. I didn't let you finish. No, I'm not interested in chasing girls now. <laughs> <laughs> I, should, I should have let you finish speaking. I, I, I plead the Fifth Amendment. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I think if I read it now, it would, more, it would resonate more. Because it wasn't, if I remember vaguely, it was, it was to do with him being frustrated with dull life. Something mm, like that. Yes, he was looking yes. for other things. That's right. So, yes. But at the time, I just didn't care. I didn't care. Now it, it, it would be more relevant. So, again, education, let's get back to the education piece. And I'm mindful of the time here because we've gone way over. But education also 
is is just almost transient because at that point in time it the, the student may not find it appealing but the teacher should continue anyway because that foundation may surface later on in life and so you've got a bit of an understanding and you think well actually I didn't like that while I was at school but funny enough I'm actually enjoying it now because you change as you get older Mm. and so there are certain elements which you may not understand at the time and you may want to throw your toys out the pram with the homework because for me when I got to an older age it, it, it was it stopped me. I think I can wrap this up pretty neatly in that the, one of the best quotes I've ever heard has to do with what is the answer to what is education? And yeah. the best answer to that I've ever heard is this. Education is what is left when you have forgotten everything you learned at school. Wow. I like that. Thank you for ending on that great quote. But unfortunately, we have reached the end of the show for another week.